0: Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about being made for mission, and I believe that God is inviting all of us into his work. He has gifted us, he has called us, and he takes great pleasure for us to serve in his mission. In the Matthew story, we are Matthew. Just so you know, we are Matthew. People are seeking purpose in their lives, and they want to be a part of something bigger. This has always been the case for us as Christians. We know that we do not live for ourselves. We are children of God, and our life matters, and everything we do matters because we have a purpose to love God and to serve others. There's nothing that we do that is purposeless. Now, people do all sorts of things to find happiness, uh, power, pleasure, money, but in the end... All that really matters is what you do to serve God and to serve others. People want their life to be about something good. And we know who we serve. And we're always doing good. Christians are known for people who do good to strangers, to the needy, to widows, to orphans. A study was done to see about the connection between happiness and meaningfulness. They found that there was a very strong connection between being happy... And having meaning. People are their happiest when they're doing something they believe in. Something that gives them purpose. A good reason to get up in the morning. You know, some, I'm always surprised with these, these beautiful young actors and singers and the like who take their lives. They've got popularity, money, power, everything that you could ever want, yet they've got nothing. Nothing. They've got nothing unless they have a purpose to love God and to serve others. And oftentimes, they take their lives. So if you want to be happy, what do you have to do? Help somebody else. Serve God. Help someone. We're made for a mission. Over the next few weeks, we'll be talking during our Harvest Mission Month about our mission on earth. If you have a Bible or you have your phone, uh, an, an app on your phone, the Bible app, turn to Matthew 9, and we'll start at Matthew 9.9. 9. We're going to read about Jesus calling on Matthew's life, and it's an incredible story. So Matthew 9.9 9 reads, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. It's a very simple verse. Jesus finds Matthew sitting at a tax booth and says, follow me. Now, this means a whole lot more than we can understand because we don't have tax collectors sitting in in tax booths. We get notices in the mail that tell us how much tax we are to pay. We don't have tax collectors. In the Hebrew culture, in biblical times, tax collectors were the worst of the worst. I don't know who they would be equivalent to nowadays. Tax collectors were Jews. They were believers who had sold out to their own people, and they had become very wealthy. And people hated them. Like, there's a whole sort of culture that hated tax collectors. Sorry, I've got a little sore throat this morning. So, this is significant for us because. The idea of Matthew calling a tax collector, what it says is, if God can use Matthew, he can use anyone. That's what we can understand from this. There's a widespread myth in the church that calling to ministry is an experience that only a few Christians have. Pastors and missionaries, they are called. And it's their job to do ministry and everyone else is to come to church and to sing and to sit in a pew and and to write checks and to support the ministry. Well, unfortunately, not unfortunately, it's never been true. We are all called to ministry. This, This cripples us when we think that only certain people are called. Every believer is called to leverage his or her life to spread the gospel. The question is not whether we are called, only where and how. Amen. Amen. Only where and how is God calling us and using, using us. You are called by God. You're chosen. We have an active part in His mission. And since you were called, you need to ask some big questions. For those of you who are involved in, in business, why did God make me good at business? Surely it's not just to fill the coffers and to, to spend the last 20 years of my life in Florida. That's not what it's about. He has given you your gifts and your talents as a means to bless others and to serve Christ. Amen. If you're a mom asking, why why did God allow me to have children? What role do I have to advance God's mission as I raise my kids? Kids, children, as they come in. Little Charlie is a gift. And I am raising Charlie. Charlie. Charlie, Charlotte, I love you, don't I? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And she's my kid too. And my job is to raise her well. Your job is to raise her well. To know she's loved. To make her resilient. To turn her into that beautiful woman that God's making of her. Amen? Yeah, we have a big job. KK. Put up your hand. Castler's sister, I love you too. I think you know that. And Sarah does too. We, we, we love you and we're raising our children. And these little ones in the balcony, as Emily stands up with beautiful Jane in her arms, she's shaking and moving. Thank you for taking care of that beautiful baby. It's she's This is our new baby. This is our new baby. Do we have, Amen? we've got a big job ahead of us, don't we? Yeah. We have a mission to raise these children in the love of God. Let's give them whatever they need. Let's make them resilient and strong. If you work in the post office, if you work on the job site, if you work in the fire department, if you're a teacher, if you're a student, God has put you on the front line of missions. God has given you a vocation. Vocation is a Latin word, and the first part of vocation is voca, and that means calling. Catherine, you are called to be a teacher. Vocation, voca, you are called to teach. You are called to serve. You are called. And you, let's get those papers so you can be a teacher. Get those. Pray for those papers. You have a calling from God. In the morning you could get up and take a shower, you could get dressed and help the kids go to school. You could go to work, you could come home to uh, and prepare to do the whole thing over again one day after another. But what if you saw your job, David? What if you saw your calling, an actual calling as a mission? That's your cue as a mission as a mission, David. That's In the morning, you could get up and take a shower. Get dressed. Help the kids get ready for school or work to prepare for mission. You spend time with God in the morning in prayer, reading his word. You do everything listening to his instructions in the morning. Your mission, should you choose it, is to prepare to live your life in your family on a mission to serve God. Forgive me. <laughs> you, got you got your attention. Wouldn't it be awesome if God called us in the morning and said, Okay, okay Rob, I'm sending this person to your office. I, they have a special need. Encourage them. And we could say, Okay, I got it. But we don't need God's special voice to call us. We have a verse. We don't need the voice. We have the verses in Scripture. Scripture makes it clear that God wants to work through us. To show his love with others. Love, forgiveness, passion for the world, for others. So, look at the invitation of Matthew. He doesn't say, get in line or do what I do. He simply says to Matthew, follow me. Jesus invites Matthew into a relationship he doesn't say, do something. He says, follow me. Have a relationship with me. The Christian life isn't Jesus saying, do this. The Christian life is saying, Jesus saying, follow me. I'll show you what to do. You'll know what to do if you follow me. From Matthew's point of view, he obviously was shocked that Jesus would come to him and, and call him to follow to follow him, to drop everything. He had a good paying job, you know, not a, not a great job because people hated him, but it was, he, he had lots of money. It, it probably wasn't all that hard. He was found sitting, collecting money. Um, he was a part of something bigger, part of the Roman Empire, working for the empire, so he probably had a good benefit plan. <laughs> On top of that, Jesus' invitation but his invitation was so vague. Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say Matthew's name. He didn't say where he was to follow him. He didn't say what he would be doing as he followed. Matthew didn't even know what, was in, you know what was in it for him. If you look at the first words of verse 9, it says, as he was going from there. So Jesus was going from one place to another. Matthew had seen him. He had heard him. In fact, he had just heard that Jesus could forgive sin and i wonder if matthew thought could jesus forgive my sin so firstly jesus invitation was moving from sitting to following let's look at the scripture really briefly matthew is just sitting there sitting down on his stool jesus says follow me he he walks up to matthew says follow me and matthew gets up movement from sitting moving, He had to get up. He had to make a decision to move. Isn't it sometimes the hardest thing to move? To get up? Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've, I've, I've asked us during communion not to stand up. I know we traditionally have stood up. But I love you guys. And some of you have difficulty standing up. And to stand up with a communion cup in your hand is difficult. So during communion today, we're going to stay seated. I hope that's okay. And you can stand in your heart. But we'll remain seated. But Christ called Matthew to stand. Follow me. And Matthew stood up. Interestingly, after he stood up, a lot happened. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came in and eat with him and the disciples. What? He just asked Matthew to follow him. In the next verse, Matthew 9, 10, Jesus is at dinner with Matthew. Where did they go after the market? Where did Matthew and Jesus go? Matthew's house. I know a lot of you think when Jesus calls you you're afraid that he's going to call you to Africa. But to be honest, he's probably going to call you to come to your house wherever you are to serve him. So the the very first night that Matthew met Jesus, what did Ma- Matthew do? He threw a party. He threw a party. We had a party in a barn last night. We boomerangs. Matthew threw a party. Can you imagine that first night? So we're at Matthew's house. Who provided the meal? Matthew probably provided the meal, Matthew and his family. Matthew had invited other tax collectors over. What did Matthew do? As soon as he met Jesus, he invited his friends to come to his house. Matthew's house became a part of his mission. Matthew's food became a part of his mission. His ability to barbecue is now a part of his mission. Did you know that your barbecue is a tool for serving Jesus Christ? Just invite your neighbor over. Amen? Did you know that Svibak is a missionary tool? Whatever you use, Jesus, whatever you love, Jesus can use it. He'll transform you. Jesus transforms my resources. God has blessed me with stuff that I can use for mission. Matthew used his house and his food. Matthias and Monica last night, they used their drive shed. Lydia and Walter were ready to use their their beautiful lawn out by Four Mile Creek and, and have a nice bonfire, but Jesus had another idea about the weather. The same is true of us. Everything we have is a gift and a tool. Your car. In Kenya, where I served as a missionary, 2.9% of people own a car. So basically, no one owns a car. Very, very few Kenyans own a car. If you have a car, for most Kenyans, it's a gift. When Sarah and I had our car, we used it as a gift. We filled that car with so many people. It It was God's car. And so is my car now. My car does not belong to me. I just pay the insurance. Jesus owns it. My house. My house is a gift. Do you know that there are 65 million refugees on earth at this minute? Think about it. 65 million refugees. How many Canadians are there? What are we now, 30, 34 million? Twice the population of Canada are refugees. They don't have homes, can you imagine that? Are you using your house as a mission field? God has given us a tool, a gift, a house to share. I went to Miss Lydia's for dinner the other day. She invited the pastor over, we had salmon. It was a gift to go to her house and have a meal. And others were with us, too. It was beautiful. Are you using your house as a mission field? God changes how we view the things that we have. He transforms them when we belong to him. Next, God changes how we see our relationships. When you join God on the mission field, you begin to realize that none of your friendships or acquaintances are coincidental. Nothing is just a mistake. Everything has a purpose. God has placed you here for a purpose, for you to love and care for one another. God has brought, you know, some people think God brought Pastor Rob and Sarah from Vancouver here. He brought you from Paraguay, from Russia, from Haiti. He brought you from all over the world. Some of you were born in St. Catharines. You you know, I was born in St. Catharines. Do do you know that? I was born in Hotel du. When the old hospital, I was born here. But then God brought me back, sent me to Africa to fix me up, make sure I could get smart, and brought me back so He could use me. Yesterday, I, yesterday I was with some of my family members, and I have a young son. His name is Reuben, and I love little Reuben. And I was in hospital with him yesterday, and Reuben is not feeling very good because a little prick on his. On his wrist when he was playing hide-and-seek, turned into something bad, got infected, and now he's on antibiotics, and it broke my heart. I don't know how many of you, you know, Reuben is usually, he's kind of quiet, but he's got these bright, beautiful eyes. And he always is, is kind. Well, I was in the hospital and he was in rough shape. I brought a lion fur ball to show him. You know, the average thing you bring when you go to the hospital? Lion fur balls. I brought him a lion fur ball to cheer him up, and you know what? It didn't. And it wasn't the fur ball. It was him. He was in pain. He was in pain. And you know, when you love somebody, their pain hurts you. And I just, I couldn't stop thinking about little Reuben. You know, it, it breaks my heart. When you're on a mission for God, when you're part of a church family, when one of you hurt, we all hurt. Yeah. That's part of being the family. Let's continue. Matthew 9, 11. When the Pharisees... Okay, so here's... Anyway, let me... When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciple, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So it's, it's interesting to realize that the Pharisees are in Matthew's house at the party. Who invited them? Do you think they were invited? They were there. I bet they were thinking, I wonder if the, the Pharisees were thinking, why are we here? Who invited us? Why did you invite us? God will transform. The next point, God transformed how we respond to ridicule. So the Pharisees are rule keepers. They're the the, the top layer. The Pharisees uh, and the tax collectors are at the bottom. Pharisees, tax collectors, top and bottom. Who was at the party at Matthew's house? Matthew, Jesus, disciples, other tax collectors, and Pharisees. This was quite a party. This wasn't like at Miss Lydia's. This was quite different. The Pharisees were there, too. Now, Pharisees and tax collectors, how well do they get along? Not very well. In fact, they they hated. One felt abused. One was happy to abuse the other. So, there's quite this party. The Pharisees say to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why would you ask that question? What are they really saying? What they're really saying is, what's wrong with that guy? What's wrong with your Jesus? Why would he lower himself to be with these people? Now, do you think they whispered this? If you're at a party, wouldn't it be rude to say, why did you invite him? Do you think they whispered? I don't think they whispered very well if they did. We go to verse 9, uh, Matthew 9, 12. On hearing this, so Jesus heard their whispers. On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. What is Jesus' mission? He's a spiritual doctor rescuing the physically and the spiritually wounded. That means that he came for you and me. He didn't come to judge, to ridicule, to pile on rules. He came to love and forgive and to show the way, to be the light. Now, we are reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Who wrote Matthew? Matthew, the tax collector. We're reading something written by the tax collector. God used a tax collector to write his word, his holy word. He used the lowest of the low to create the Bible for us. Isn't that incredible? There's a lot going on here. It's kind of simple, but on another level, this is kind of deep stuff. God used Matthew to write the book that has led millions and millions to faith in Jesus Christ. You have been called on a mission. You have been called like Matthew has been called. We are on a mission. God has placed us at Vine and Scott Street, and we are on a mission to love one another, to serve God, And to be a light to the world. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Matthew and for your words to him. Father, we hear you say to us, leaning in as we're sitting, you say to us, follow me. Follow me. Father, we are ready. We're willing and we're able. We will move. We ask that as we follow, that you would show us direction, Father. You promise to show us direction. Show us, help us to meet those around the block, our neighbors. Help us to reach our families and our friends for you. Father, you said it's not for the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. So we pray that you would send us to the sick and to the needy. Use our hands and our words to bring comfort and purpose to others. And Father, now we ask that you would draw us to your side as we share this holy meal, as we share the cup and the bread, and we hear you say to us one more time again this morning, you say, follow me. Follow me. In Christ's name.